Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Rock Paper Bitcoin Podcast. It's me, your very best friend, Business Cat. How are you? How you been? I missed you. This was one hell of a conversation that Fundamentals and I had. So, so buckle up. We talked about the joy of making each other laugh. The disappointment of lost recordings. Rock lied to me. I get into it about that. I speculated about the secrecy surrounding gold mining. I talked about why ancient aliens love gold. We talked about the complexity of the consumption of adrenal glands. The complexity of cultural identity. Revolution as a school project. The unintended consequences of the ETF when we closed out. You know, something's going to happen with Vanguard, and we talk about it. If you like our content and would like to support the show, listen using an app like Fountain. Stream us, that's where you do it. Send us a boostergram. Hell, we'd love to hear from you. If you're a Bitcoin miner and you're feeling generous, you can contribute just a bit of your hash power to us using any Lincoin stratum address. Use our show's username, Rockpaper Bitcoin. Connection details are in the show notes. Oh, hey, we have a new Telegram. You should join it. If you're on Telegram, get in our channel. We want to hear from you there, too. And I guess, uh, lastly, dear listener, we love you. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. Happy, you know, we were, um, when we were doing our year in review, we were like a little... We were so cocky like that. We're like, oh, well, when this gets published, it'll be the new year. But yeah. somehow you got it done. You got this thing. You got it done in like 12 hours and you put it out on the 31st. And uh, I had a I had a nice little laugh to myself hearing you confidently say Happy New Year to everybody. I confidently thinking, say a lot of things. Yeah. And then it tur- turns out some of them aren't right. But yeah, hey, it works out. That was great. Though. But Happy New Year to um, Happy New Year to the Rock, Paper, Bitcoin family here. Man, 20, nice. 2024 has already seemed like a year's worth of content has happened in the past week or two. Yeah, between episode 29 and episode 30. This is 30, right? Yes. We doing 30? This yeah. is 30. Sweet. Oh my God, dude. This is going to be fun. I, I, I've like, I kind of, I've been t- almost every day I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, if we had done the podcast yesterday, we would have missed so much shit. And we're probably going to miss a lot of shit now, too, well, from the past. We'll talk about what, <laughs> what we talk about. But yeah, that do, do not consider what we talk about an exhaustive list of 2024. We went on the uh, High Hash Rate podcast again. And once again, the same thing happened in that my recording setup screwed up and that nuked the entire recording. Let me ask you a question. Is it, does it count that we went on the podcast if it never... If it never hits the internet. Well, I mean, we got to have a nice conversation with Dan and Mike, but it was just for us, I guess. I, I, I think, dude, first of all, I had one of the best times, like, certainly of my, my podcasting life. I had, it was such a great hang and a great conversation. And I was actually really proud of the discussion the four of us had. I remember, like, really suffering a little bit about, like, how is th- how is this going to go? Like when the four of us get together, we're still kind of figuring. It's kind of like a band. Like it's like now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. It's like a band of four musicians that are excellent, and you know, trying to figure out how to go right. And I thought, like, man, this was. I was even thinking it as we were having the conversation. Like this is fucking great. 
uh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for people to hear this. And um, it turns out, again, without conspiracy theory this time, because I did not cross a line in my mind that I think that anyone's, you know, I, I don't think I offended anybody here. I think this is a legitimate just sound issue. Uh, Business Cat's sound, once again, <laughs> once again, did yeah, not. Yeah, I want to blame it on it. my internet, my slow internet, but that's fixed at this point. And I think it's just my really old MacBook that that nuked it. So so we're recording right now on my iPad. So we'll see if that makes a difference. But I'm like, I really am starting to think that like, the world is just not ready for the greatness of this conversation. When somehow the four when the four of us are clicking, I think that it is uh, we broke the internet again. And we're just this is proof of work. We're gonna figure this out. And oh my god, dude, I cannot wait till we just start ripping and rolling and putting them out. And I did mention to those guys, I was like, they just put out episode 76. I'm such a geek about episode numbers. The one I went on personally was episode 56, which I associated with Lawrence Taylor, the maniacal great football player of my ch- my childhood of the New York Giants. I was very proud to get that number. Is that is that his number, um, I, I guess? You should check him out. He's one of the most entertaining human beings to Sports ever live. Ball. And Oh, dude, yeah. Uh, but uh, like... They just put out episode 76, like while sort of we were in limbo here, right? And I said to myself, I said to myself, and then I said to them, I would have loved for us to get 76 because that is the road that connects the two of us. Right. Yeah. Cool. yeah, true. That's you're right. That should have been our number. We, we were robbed. It was like, should have been 76, you know. But uh, sorry. What we got, like, what we did was we, the Akashic Records have the truth of what went down last Wednesday and January 3rd. And we will somehow, I'm guessing, find a way, whether it's just, you know, making it work the next time um, or just, I know we'll find a way to get this into the actual world. We're, we're <laughs> learning all of the things not to do. I'm learning all of the things not to do. <laughs> somehow I, I managed to record our things with, with reasonable confidence <laughs> and effectiveness, but then, yeah. We, we jump into their studio and my, my, my situation just nukes itself. You know, it's funny. I don't even remember what we talked about. All it's I like... remember about it was that I was sweating as my, my connection dropped and I joined back in. There was two of me and I saw the upload wasn't happening. I was like, oh, man. That, that's what I remember about it. was a great it. time, though. Yeah. I, 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 like it, was such, it was really special and can't wait for us all to do it again. Starting to feel like, you know, I'm starting to feel like this is also a band that I want to play with for you know more than we definitely gotta, more than once or twice a year we gotta like, get the super gotta group be, back together and just actually yeah. press record with conviction this time i think so and i think that there's an improvement that happens each time also that i'm really looking forward to seeing how it turns out you know mm-hmm. what do we come up with you know like it's so funny dude like i'll just share like real quick man we We've gone six minutes already on this, but I'll just say, like, dude, the, but the, the combination of Dan and Mike, like, the, Mike's just the kind of guy that, like, if you're with him, you just want to, like, crack his ass up. You just, that's all you want to do. You He's wanna, an like, excellent audience, yeah. You want to crack him and, like, you, or make him go just have some kind of revelation, like, oh, man. Because I feel like, I do feel like a genius when he acknowledges <laughs> something like that. 
So anyway, great time. Love, just fucking love those guys. Guys, look out for maybe I, I don't know. I don't know if they're good, we're going to get clips or anything like that, but you know. Yeah, we check talked those guys about it, out. but I, I'm going to anticipate. It's just it's never going to see the light of day. And at some point, hey, it's 2024. <laughs> we're going to get back on there at some point, and it'll be out. We will. It's it's maybe maybe there was. You know what, dude? Maybe it. I wonder if like Satoshi, like the first block, didn't quite make it to the actual internet. Didn't quite make it. I need to redo it. Well, I mean, hey, we're, we are we're managing we're triaging issues in production. It's like that. That's what that's what we're all doing here. It's like this is the production. No one ever thinks about that though, right? Like what you know, right? I mean, because so we did it. It was a special Jan three recording. It just didn't make the internet. It was everything. It might be the genesis block of really a tremendous chain of thought and ideas between us. And I do wonder if that first genesis block. The pre-block just didn't make it, right? We only celebrate the thing. I mean, we should. We should only celebrate the thing that hit the chain, right? That makes sense in Bitcoin. Fucking don't. We're not. You know, we don't celebrate every hash. That no, yeah, I don't, I don't celebrate all my all my draft tweets. It's like yeah, let's correct, see. correct. So you know, we are basically telling you guys, you might just want to stay plugged in to the signal in case it catches on. But I think it's going to catch on. There is some noise going on in my background right now, man. I've been uh, really falling down the panning for gold rabbit hole, right? Like in in the past week oh or two. Boy. I don't know what it, I, th- I saw a video online that kind of was like, oh, I want to look into that, and so I, I looked up a couple more videos, and now I've been like reading articles, and then I ended up having a a pretty extensive conversation with uh, g- both Grok and ChatGPT about it, trying to find better better uh, resources, and I ran into a real interesting situation with large language models that I, I may have been in before, but I've, I'd never realized I was in before. And that was, so, so we're in Pennsylvania, obviously. I uh, was like, I'm, so I'm looking for resources on what is the history of prospecting for gold in the state of Pennsylvania? And there's quite, quite a bit of history of it. I mean, as people moved west, like the Appalachian Mountains were the first thing they ran into. And yeah, there's gold in the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, the West Branch of the Susquehanna, which is uh, the one, the Susquehanna goes right through Harrisburg, and the West Branch of that goes out out to the west part of the states, and it's like out there. Eventually, it goes past a couple tributaries. A couple tributaries go into it, and eventually, upstream far enough is my parents' property. So, like, there is a little creek that runs through my 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 the family property that is eventually is all that water is going to run right past Harrisburg in in the Susquehanna. So I was like, okay, so if history tells us that the there was a lot of gold prospecting and panning on all of the west branch of the susquehanna and its tributaries it's like all right next time i go up to my parents folk place it's like i'm going down into the woods and i'm gonna i'm gonna take a pan and i want to see if i can find some stuff like i'm gonna spend a couple hours down there so all that to say i'm looking for information on gold panning and grok well it started with grok so grok is the large language model that uh, twitter x puts out and it just straight up, I, I have the feeling that it just straight up lied to me about a thing. Like it, it realized I was really interested in a topic, which is pr- prospecting for gold in a very specific part of Pennsylvania. And it came back with, oh, hey, good luck. I found this reference for you that you might that you might like. Here's this book 
by this author, J.R. Johnson, who wrote a book specifically about the history and how to like prospect for gold in this specific county of Pennsylvania. I was like, oh, awesome. Here's the book title. Here's all this information. You can buy it. You can buy it from all of these references, like from Amazon. Here's the link to Amazon. Here's like the link to this gold site where they also have copies of it. It's like all these things. So they're like, great. Like, um, let me find this book. And I started looking into it. And this book doesn't exist. It's like, it doesn't exist. And like all of these links are bogus. Like a link that it is looks like Amazon is like a redirect to some more, like an article about a Marvel movie. And then like you go to the gold prospecting site and they don't even sell books. It's, it's interesting. So it's lying to me. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pause there. I'm, I'm Karak is straight up. Li- so, uh, you know, so you actually reminded me of something we did talk about on the high hash rate podcast, which is how, these, the, the large language models are the only thing that actually read my shit when I tell it to, mm. right? And so it's act, and it's so it's it is like an entity that we probably do look to to say I want to interact with this thing because I can tell it something and then it will maybe with some likelihood do it maybe give yeah. me give me a response that actually you know is related to the thing I asked it, which is very hard to do with human beings. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so like I see that now that, that's something that else that just kind of lit up is like for Grok, this is, um, I know I, I fuck with you on this and this is not to do that, but Grok is exclusively for blue check Twitter, right? Well, not only so, that, it's you have to be blue checked and then the expensive blue checked. It's not just the first, there's two levels yeah. of verification. It's the second one. So what I'm saying about that is it's possible that Grok is optimized maybe for people who are susceptible to being lied to. So everyone, <laughs> like it's yeah. not, Grok does not respect does not respect the intelligence level on average, probably of the people that are that are there because they're selected actually for pe- They're selected to value, we'll say some, certainly value signal, not signal. Um, yeah, it's the a signaling, not a not an actual signal, but like there's the value of what it means to be a blue check versus right, the, like that it confers something. Maybe there's it. It's a selection for people who value the map over the territory in a certain way. It's a very alpha product. I remember working with ChatGPT, and then I mean uh, the <laughs> that Bing, too. <laughs> the Bing, the Bing assistant is is built on ChatGPT, but it was all, it's its own it's its own knowledge base. And I, like, so I, what is I that? Worked yeah, with, I worked with both of those, and both of those went through real crazy learning curves of of usability. And I feel like like I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, Grok is a product that is put in place to just try to get more. Hey, here's a, here's a reason why you can upgrade. Like we're doing, th- we're doing this thing and here's, here's a reason why you can upgrade. You'll get access to it. Um, and, but yeah, it's a very early product and it makes a lot of similar level. It, it felt like b- back when Bing was newer, the Bing bot was newer. Like you used to be able to get it to do things and tell you things that then slowly over time, it just would stop responding to and stop even giving you interaction about. And Grok right now, like yeah, Grok is, stupid and it lies to you uh and it tells you what you want to hear uh, and it's very repetitive on certain things but as i mean i'm gonna assume they're gonna keep working on it it's gonna get better uh, yeah i mean it should get better it's funny i think like as an alpha product what i think is funny that it is doing what people do which is fake it till you make it yeah you know right like it's totally validating it's by the like- way side note side note 
I might have to puke in like. <laughs> All right. If, if you need, I had a, I, I had some, I had a, uh, I, I had some, a, a different kind of organ meat for breakfast. Man, if you need to jump away, just do it. Don't like, even, don't even worry about it. The last time I had this, I did puke. Okay. And I, everyone on our Telegram knows about it, right? Mm, mm-hmm. From about a year and a half ago, but I thought maybe it was that vendor, and I never ordered from that vendor again, and now I got the same adrenal, it's the same kind of, same. You get, you're getting the adrenal. feeling. Are, are all your pores are opening up, and you're starting to feel sweaty, that kind of thing. A little bit. I'm starting to get that feeling, like. Hmm. Hmm. And now that I just talked about it, I now, now you're really aware it. of it. Well, okay. Well, if you did need you ever, to, like, you, need you to know, when you're really close to a bath, like you have to go to the bathroom. The closer you get to it, dude, like. Yeah. Maybe we should pause. We just want to pause this. Can, are we able to pause? Can we pause this. Pause it. Do it. Go take care of yourself. feel any better yeah huge dude dude yeah, that, was, that was wild it's amazing how how much vomiting makes you feel better like immediately <sighs> yeah um i i actually now that this has happened the second time i think it's like an just an overdose like dude some some things have so much are so dense like so, if you eat like organ meats and they're so nutrient dense you something there are literally things you should only eat maybe a bite mm I'm not fucking with adrenals again. You're, you're eating people's uh, pineal glands. Is that what you're doing? Your, their adrenal glands? Pe- not, well, not people's, but um, beef, you know, cows. Fun. I think you're only supposed to, like, that was enough for the whole tribe. You were not supposed to eat the whole thing. And I think that <laughs> I paid the price. All right. I don't know how much of this we're going to keep in, but um, we, <laughs> we were talking about grok. Um. Yeah, let me optimism. let me continue with my yeah. my uh, my garage. Oh, sorry, we weren't talking about. I, I don't know. It was the point about talk about gold because I actually had an. I wanted to talk. I wanted to hit the panning for gold thing too. We can go back to the gold, but yeah, let me let me finish. I'll, I'll jump back about into Grok my story about and lo- about being lied to by Grok. Yeah. So so Grok told me <laughs> it, face. it made up the like that the perfect book for what I wanted. Like the, the perfect book is out there, and it gave me links. It gave me references. And I, so I then went to, I clicked on. You getting excited? Yeah. Oh, You're like, oh great. my god, this is cool! I can't believe I, I just now I asked for this, and now, oh my god, the perfect book! I can't wait to now. I was gonna go order over. it. It was gonna. It was like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna go add this to my Amazon cart, and it, it'll be here soon. Like, I recently just had a conversation with my dad too. My dad is the uh, or has been the president of the County Historical Society for most of my life. So like, he's very knowledgeable really? on history type things in the area, and he, but he didn't know almost anything about gold prospecting. So it's like interesting that it's like I found immediately like, oh, there is actually a very solid history of prospecting on the West Branch. But then this book, so like I went, so I clicked on all the links, none of them existed. So I went elsewhere. I was like, all right, well, let me just search for this book and the uh, the author. And I couldn't find a single other book by this author. I couldn't find this book. Um, I then asked specifically 
I, t- I pasted that name into GPT and asked GPT about it. Oh GPT was like, oh, yeah, this is totally a real thing. Like, oh, yeah, you should go to these links right here. And it gave me the same links, which I then clicked on. Um, I, went, I went back. I was like, okay, these links are – none of these links work. Give me a link that works. And it's like, oh, I'm so sorry about that. Let me, let me give you another link. And it did some searching and came back. Here's another link for it. And it was the exact same link. Yeah. And then so I, w- I went back. I did some – so I was like, all right, I need to step outside of these algorithmic assistants and just use some traditional web crawling and some, like, just elbow grease. And, like, I'm going to go do my own search. So I, I searched down, like, a, uh, a gold hunting uh, forum where, like, gold hunters go and, and talk to each other. And it's like, I'm just going to troll this myself. And I went through all of it. Not all of it. I went through a lot of it and couldn't find any references to any of these things. So that, that's why I'm now drawing the conclusion that I think Grok lied to me and then hmm. built up like references to support its lie. And then I imported that into another large language model, the Bing assistant, and Bing confirmed it. And then it lied about it too. And then whenever I confronted it, it was, it was like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't, what are you talking about? I don't have any reference of that. And the Grok just doesn't have a history. Like Grok doesn't have a great ability to remember the conversation it's, it's been having. But Bing's better at that. It, Bing used to not be good, but now Bing's a lot better with that. And it would just apologize. Sorry, it's like we, this doesn't seem to be valid. Let's start over. This is a great rock, paper, Bitcoin topic. Okay, right? You've got this <laughs> kind of seed called panning for gold, right? And you're actually almost were able to find out about people telling stories about it. Part of me was like thinking like, oh my God, in a Bitcoin context, maybe maybe they all agreed not to talk about what they were doing, right? So nobody, they, it, you know, wouldn't ruin it. And well, it's a Truman Show every, moment. It's like if, if all right? of the AI, if all the language models lie to you about the same thing, it comes down like, am I, are you like, am I crazy? Am I the one? No, but that all just, I'm saying is what if they weren't lying? Well, what if, like, I get that they were lying, but what if they were lying because they are fulfilling the oath of the actual gold, gold miners that came to the area, which was they wanted to lie. They wanted to lie about it being a place to, mine gold because they didn't want people well, to know about it. I mean, that's a possibility. I, I, I don't think that's the conspiracy. Like, uh, the, the, that's the, old, the steel man. That's the, the only steel man I could come up with. Oh, no, I can steal man away. But the old gold, gold prospectors are not the ones who are in control of these large language models. It's the aliens. It's like the reason that humans covet gold is because we were genetically designed at a, at a genomic level to like whenever whenever the aliens came here and found the, the monkeys, like, all right, we're going to engineer these monkeys to mine gold for us. Have you seen the movie Cowboys and Aliens? Nope. Cowboys and Aliens is a, uh, I mean, it's it's a funny action movie. John Favreau, it start, it's got uh, uh, Harrison Ford's in it, Daniel Craig's in it. Um, and it's hmm. playing on the idea that, I mean, this is like the, the ancient aliens idea. The ancient aliens came here and genetically engineered monkeys to be the humans we are today. And the reason we're so fascinated with gold is because they engineered us to look for gold. It's like they came here looking for gold and they didn't want to do the work. So they're like, we'll just make a slave race. They'll bring us the gold. And so that, that's the idea. So it's not that the gold prospectors, like ye oldy gold prospectors from the 1800s are, are sitting behind their keyboards like, ha ha, they don't know the truth about, about the gold stores in Pennsylvania. It's the aliens who are running the simulation who made us covet gold in the first place. They're the ones who are like, oh, oh no, 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 no. Like they're, they're trying to figure this out. Let, let's change the algorithms. Like none, all of them will lie. The, you monkeys are going to think you're crazy. So, right, so basically like, just expect to be lied to, right? Yeah. By that's really interesting. 
um, the other parallel I kind of thought was interesting here was, you know what else we are, um, I think, genetically disposed to being obsessed with? Water. Mm-hmm. We love water. We love running water. We love being around water. Um, and what if the analogy of mountains to gold is water to Bitcoin, right? Like PA may be great Bitcoin mining state because of all the rivers that flow through it. And maybe instead of panning for gold, right, it's actually a river represents mining for Bitcoin because oh, yeah. it's cheap, pa- cheap Moving power. Moving water, right. And it's like the state right? makes it so difficult for you to fuck with water sources on your property. Um, so like if I wanted to dam, it's, I mean, it's, it's out in the middle of the woods. It's not like they're going to, they're, there's going to be people, people flying over or walking by it anywhere. But it's like, if I wanted to dam up our, our little uh, Creek, it's like the people down downstream of that. I mean, this is, this is getting like the, the Yellowstone idea. Yellowstone in the, in the show Yellowstone, he just diverted a river so the people downstream hmm. couldn't use it. It's like, if I was Jesus. to dam up our little Creek, it's like for a while, the that water is not going to flow as it fills up my, the retention that I build. But then, like, mm-hmm. once it's filled, I mean, I, it's not a huge crick, but, I mean, I could probably pull 110 voltage off of it. So I could, pro- I could probably run an S9 off, off of the, the water flowing there. Um, but, yeah, it's the, the state. The, the issues of messing with water is, like, man, do they get draconian about water rights. Interesting. So, you know, but seeing, I mean, I guess they get draconian about where you can mine for gold, too. Yeah, right. right. Well, at least... Back in the day, they certainly did. Yeah, I'm not in a hurry to bit, dig a big hole in the ground, but it's like, yeah, I'll move some sand around down and down in the riverbed. I mean, look, if you were, there's probably a price of electricity the state would charge, not the state, but like the state system, Pico or whoever you use, that you might dig a dam, right? Yeah. Oh, it's very, I mean, I would say with near 100% certainty, I'm going to be building a dam at some point. <laughs> the question is how, how public I am about it. Um, it's like, and, and at what at what state the state is at whenever I get around to it. Um, Do you think that's this is where the statement "I don't give a damn" comes from? <laughs> but uh, you know, what? when I do it, I'm gonna. I'm, that's, that's what I'm gonna say. Like, I don't give a damn. This is I'm gonna that's build right. one. The uh, <laughs> that, that's that's funny. I like that. <laughs> you have. I was going somewhere, and I, I have been derailed. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> I was like, so, so gold's ever, so the, uh, thinking about like, where is gold? And at one point gold was so valuable because I mean, we had a gold, like if you base your monetary system on gold, gold's going to be much more valuable in, in its purchasing power. And it's like, it might not have been worth as much in dollar value back then because I mean, obviously the, or I guess it was worth more back then and the dollars were worth more back then. But like, if you're using if comparing like the one to one dollar, it seems like gold is so worthless now that like, why would anybody go out and like comb the riverbeds looking for gold. It's like I think, yeah, I, I'm I like I am. I'm not a gold bug. I like Bitcoin. I like gold. Gold is not. I like gold for like I have, I have a gold tooth. Gold's great for its dental technologies. Gold's great for its applications. And I think it would be really really dope to find enough gold that I could like make my wife a little piece of gold jewelry of like gold that I personally have have mined have panned for. It's like that's my ultimate goal. But yeah, that's I, I think. Like the the seventeen eighteen hundreds when people were just moved west looking for gold, I wouldn't be surprised. Like as the dollar dis- disintegrates, people are going to naturally go to the woods for food, and they're going to find other things there. I think it's like the de- the death of the dollar is going to reignite. It's, it's already reigniting well, people's yeah. capacity to self start. Safedine writes 
about this in principles of economics that um, not just gold, but also oil, you know, fossil fuels, these things are actually in high, high abundance. Um, it, you know, gold is not scarce. No. Oil is not scarce. What's scarce is the human time and ingenuity to turn it into a usable form. Yeah. Can, can use it. Right. And so that's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons why you want to think about like, we need more people on the planet to be able to, you know, use their strength, time and ingenuity to make, you know, to make the things that we need and, you know, and we want, but there needs to be an incentive, <laughs> right, for people to go ahead and do that, right? There needs to be an incentive for people it's to a, go do backbreaking work. I think it's a cultural thing too. Like people don't want to work. Have you? So this is a bit of a, a tangent. Have you seen the movie Frozen? Eh, the Disney no. movie Frozen. I'm going to go with no. It's definitely been on in my presence, but no, I've not seen it. Okay, yeah, it's like it, I had never seen it until we have a two and a half year old. And so, yeah, it, so it's Frozen is like crack cocaine. It's it's written. It's designed to be like an earworm for children. And like there's a like in Frozen, like it's it's this it's this kingdom of Arendelle, and like there there's apparently it's been closed forever until like at the beginning of the movie they're like they're gonna open it up and people are coming into the kingdom for the first time and there's this one character like this this like mustache twirling old like like industrialist he's like ah arendelle i'm here it's like i'm let, like open up your doors so i may exploit your resources he's like did i just say that out loud like he's a con he like he's presented as a comic book villain but i now like every time frozen is like that's that guy is like he's a protagonist that guy is like he he's coming into an area like trying to make life better for the citizens of this area. It's like, I, like, I like that guy a lot, but he's all, yeah, he's like the, the idea of industriousness, the idea of being willing to go into an area and tap natural resources and turn them into things that make life better for the humans. Like that's been so vilified in culture and like the idea, like, Oh, like how could you build a dam? How could, how could you like harvest the, the timber? Like, all these, like that, that, no, that, that's what it's here for. Like we are here to have mastery over this domain. Like if we're not going to do it, somebody else will. Uh, yeah. I mean, and you know, look, we were able to replant basically all the trees we lost from electrification. We were able to replant them on the eastern seaboard because um, we invented a car, and um, you know, so electrification destroyed some trees, but then it gave us cars and the ability to replant all the trees. Yeah. Something to think about, you know? I think it's just people are – it's a cultural thing. Like we, we've been – people are terrified well, of nuclear technology. People well, are – Alex Epstein calls it the delicate nurturer theory where like the earth is some delicate flower and it's just basically <laughs> waiting for one human being to like f destroy it because it's so delicate and so – Alex Epstein is you know, really awesome. Right? And yeah. Whereas the reality is almost like the – opposite of that where the earth is like not a delicate flower it's like a fucking ruthless treacherous place that requires domination just to be able to fucking live inside of it yeah right? we, we have a strong we've had such strength of men that we have built these bubbles where weak people can live it's like they, they get to live outside of effectively outside of nature and like that you don't have to think about it but like yeah that that era is pretty much over well, this is why, like, yeah, well, it's so interesting, right? Because if you look at 
once we started adopting power in the industrial revolution, right? Like life expectancy went way up mm. and climate deaths went to zero, right? How'd that happen? Well, because of what you just described, right? We basically got mastery over the climate. We created air conditioning and concrete structures and, you know, right, we built things that were strong enough for weak people to, leave, to live in. Now, these weak people are finding ways to fucking die. I'm trying and, to think of uh, examples of, like, good, like, in, so like, industrialism is vilified in popular culture, but, like, what are some, it's like, I'm thinking, like, Willy Wonka is, was, uh, he had a factory and he was the, he was the protagonist. I mean, I, I guess he wasn't really, the, he was, he was kind of like offing children, but like he was still like, he was presented as, as a good person worth emulating. It's like, are, I'm trying to think of other examples of that. Like I, I'm, it's a, it's a real short list. It's a very short list. I mean, it, there are more, there are far more people who are vilified. I mean, dude, look at Henry Ford. Right. Yeah. People love to hate on Henry Ford. That's... I mean, dude, Henry Ford on the, like, if you go to the left, the woke left, Right. Is the most canceled dude in the history of the world. You know, like all they basically, his entire legacy is like basically saying that he didn't want to go to World War II, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that seems like it. A you know, he's considered hot, like, you know, ferociously anti Semitic, right? I definitely, that's definitely like how I viewed him for most of my life. Yeah. Right. From that, like brainwashing, but like, they're, you know, they never talk, they fucking never talk about what he actually did. Right. And so like that for me now, somebody being called anti-Semitic is pretty, pretty solid code word for they are pissing people off. Yeah. No, I, I, I hate to say this to a Jew, but at this point as a non, as a, as a goyim or whatever the hell I am. <laughs> um, uh, at this point, when I hear anti-Semitic, like somebody is called oh, that person's anti-Semitic, I that kind of puts up like, oh, I should probably pay attention to that person because there's they must be putting out signal that is worth listening exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Even Kanye, dude. Like that's like. Yeah. Right. I'm paying attention to Kanye, and my kids are paying attention. You know, they're paying attention. They all know. My even my kids get it, dude. It's like. It's pretty easy pattern recognition. It's been at such this a, point. a reliable boogeyman to trot out the Nazis or Hitler, and it's just it, it's, it's like it's they've they've used them like the the powers that be yeah, have used them to the point where it's like it's a, it's like the boy who cried wolf. Like once you once you cry wolf enough times and there's not a wolf, the word wolf loses its meaning. And at one point, like it was really important to cry wolf because wolves were literally killing us like wolves would carry off children in the night so humans like like the men got like we need to wipe out wolves um and and it's like now in modern like if in the absence of actual white supremacists everybody's a white supremacist in the actual in the absence of of a hitler figure everybody is hitler anybody you disagree with is hitler and like when you do that like that word has okay call me a nazi like i don't care it's like great. I, I'm. I have Bitcoin. I'm beyond the capacity for you to cancel me. It's like I don't care if you call me Nazi. I don't care if you call me white supremacist. I, like what I know to like I know that I am not those things. And somebody else having that that opinion of me every day has less impact on my mental well being. So I agree with you completely, dude. And I th it's so I don't know. I mean, look, there probably was some moment in the world, right, where it might have been useful to point this out right i wonder i actually wonder if there ever was but like 
was it ever useful to identify somebody as like an anti-Semite? It probably was useful for Jewish people at a certain point in time in the world or certain points in time in the world to be like, oh, yeah, you know, that guy might not like us and maybe we, we should tread lightly around, um, you know, around those people, right? They might 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 have been useful. You would think it was useful, right? But now, like, when the whole fucking world, not the whole world, but, like, the whole knowledge system, right? Everyone who speaks on behalf of the world now is, like, using this language. Like, I don't know, man. It definitely does. It just seems kind of co-opted to It's a me, layer of control, yeah. You know? And, it, I mean, and it's... Like, as a Jewish person, I don't even feel like it's trying... I don't feel like they're trying to help us. I, I, just like, I don't remember when I started thinking this, but, like... At some point, I realized this wasn't trying to help us. And like the white supremacist thing, I kind of, I'd been, even as a woke, right? I never liked the white supremacist thing because I thought it focused, it was like almost, a, I always, even then, thought and talked about it like it was a psyop. And I was trying to tell like woke people that white supremacy is a psyop because what matters. So this is what I thought for 20 years. And I probably still think this, but like what matters is not, a couple of people with pitchforks. Okay. Right. What matters is every person who, every average person who like either accepts injustices or doesn't right. Like that to, to a woke person or to like a social justice person that should matter more than, um, some group of people you'll never see or interact with in your life. And I always felt like those people were created just so that ordinary people, just so that NPCs could be like, well, I'm not like that. So I don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about this. Yeah. It's, um, it really, yeah. It, coming down to ha having lived in the world, like th this world, my whole life of people that like, you build a boogeyman to try like to like, don't go that direction. Like in, in any, if you go in any of these things, like you're probably a bad person. So yeah, don't boogeyman even is perfect word. It's exactly right. It's, it's a boogeyman. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, yeah. it really gets down to like a, once, once you realize internally, you once you build an internal model of morals, the need for that external model falls away. And then like, I mean, I'm very proud of like what my heritage has produced in the world. Like white culture is, is, has been an incredibly beneficial thing on the world. In my opinion, it's like we, we've built, we, we built incredible things and, but only white people are apparently supposed to be ashamed of their history. Everybody else. I mean, we have, we have like these history months. We're supposed to be celebrating them. It's like, it's, it's fine. Like we can celebrate our differences just like we can celebrate the things that, that unite us. Like, I don't have any problem saying that. Yeah, I think it's a weird trap of being in a, I don't know who started this or who caused it, but I think this trap of colorizing is just weird, right? Because it's like, I think that people who happen to be white, right, have a lot to be proud of, right? But is But the fact that they, their skin is white seems not to matter that much towards any of those accomplishments. It's more of actually more just a reflection of where you lived and where you came from, right? Then maybe it does actually, you know, identify. And I think like people who have, you know, who live near the equator and are very dark, they've accomplished a lot of things too. But like, yeah, it's, it's weird that it's totally unrelated. It, it's, it makes it more obvious that it's a layer of control when, I mean, 
it feels like like races are trying to compare themselves to other races. Like, no, like we, none of us are a one-to-one -one comparison. Everyone has their own strengths and their own weaknesses. And it's like, I mean, like, like Martin Luther, like, judge me not by the color of my skin, judge me by the content of my character. And like Martin I, Luther King. Yeah. yeah. Is that what I said? Well, I found out you said Martin Luther. Oh, Ooh, all right. But, yeah, although I did find out yesterday at a, my very woke school assembly I attended that, um, oh, which reminds me, we could talk about our school, my school, but like uh, that he was born Michael King. His dad's name, his dad was Michael King and his he was born Michael King Jr. And his dad like found out about Martin Luther and became a complete Martin Luther maximalist hmm. and changed his name and basically his son's name. Which I find interesting. Yeah, Martin and, Luther had a lot of very strong things to say about race. Oh, yes, he did. I mean, I'll just say also, uh, Martin Luther is a, maybe he's a Henry Ford-like character because um, he definitely fits the definition very closely of an anti-Semitic human being. Like, he really gave Hitler the, um, basically the justification for doing for essentially accomplishing the final solution. It was actually, you know, it was pretty debated for hundreds of years. Like, can we just do this? Can, you know, maybe we can't do this because we're Christians and we can't, you know, we're, we're good people. We can't quite, we can't wipe these fuckers out. Right. And Martin Luther wrote, this is like long, I mean, Martin Luther, after his heyday of being, you know, quite the revolutionary, right. Won't take that away from him. For the record, I will not take that away from him, right? But he he also lived a long time and lived long enough to write about essentially very eloquently about why it's totally Christian and okay to cause a Holocaust. And Hitler found it, picked up on it. And um, maybe there's a portion of this that is still colored by... My brainwashing, uh, yeah, and my upbringing, but most Jews don't know this. You know, this is something that I picked up in my rabbit holes when I was trying to figure out: is this shit legit or is it not? And you know, it's so Martin Luther is a complicated character, right? We, we, I don't want to cancel him. I also don't want to like associate him only with, you know, one or two things, right? It definitely feels like, uh, to date, to, for the last 20 years, it's been increasingly taboo to even talk about race if you're a white person. Everybody else can talk about it, but white people can't talk about it. But, I mean, really, Shane, starting with Shane Gillis, like, like the, things are coming back. Like, the, the pendulum is swinging back the other way. It's okay to talk about the, the things that divide us and as the, well as the thing yeah. that unites us. Like that's it has not, to be okay to talk about it. It has to be okay, yeah. If, 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 it's, if anything is off the table, then everything is off the table. It also has to be okay to talk about it in the worst possible way. And I'm not advocating that people do that, but yeah, it has to it, be okay. It turns out that it's not against the law to be a racist, to be an anti-Semite. Like, people can choose to live their lives how they want. And if you want to do these things, like, there's nothing, like, the law doesn't, like, th there's no law against being a racist. There is a social taboo against it. Like, how could you judge somebody by the color of their skin? It's like... Okay, that's that's your social conditioning, but I mean that that is your ethics that you're trying to paint over onto everybody else as well. Well, there are laws that are against being. There's not laws against talking about it, but there are laws against you know excluding p 
people, but you know, integration is forced. Is that, you know, it's interesting. Uh, last year at this time I read is when I read um, Hoppy's Democracy, the God that Failed. And he writes about, at least how an Austrian I could, would, view anti, would view anti-discrimination laws as wrong and that you're not free unless you're actually free to discriminate. And um, it's the first time I actually thought about that and said, hmm, I wonder if that's, wonder if that's right. Yeah. Is, is it I'm okay the, I'm, to not come in the I don't know camp. Yeah. I'm in the, I don't know camp and I wish there were a little more people I could discuss this with, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm entirely on the side of like, I, I think it's perfectly okay to choose to do business with, with who you want to do business with. Like, it no, seems that way. The, for the states to like come along and tell me I have to sign a, UTX, a, a UTXO with somebody against my will. I was like, no, absolutely not. But yeah, we're, yeah, we're fortunately we're, we're moving into a more freedom with the, the capacity for economic freedom comes the capacity for mental freedom. And a lot of people just aren't aren't ready to have mental freedom. Yeah. And it should be noted that it is what El Salvador does, though. Yeah, right. It's like if you're from what is it? If you're from India or Africa, it's a thousand dollar entry fee versus everywhere else. Is, it's I think I paid twenty dollars to get in. I mean, you can't force somebody. I like not saying can't, but like it's not exactly an Austrian to to force somebody to accept a certain currency, even if it's Bitcoin. So, you know, we have a long way to go in the world. We're still very early, right? No, you know, we're still very early here, and we're not even allowed to talk about discrimination. So, like, how do we talk about? <laughs> right? It's like we it's we can't even talk. It's not that we can't. We are here on this podcast, but like it is like hard in the world to have honest discussions about um, freedom, which really entail, because there's people that have, that live under certain, um, I think the illusion of certain guarantees from their government and taking them away is really, really scary and harmful. Well, not harmful, harmful to their psyche. Um, yeah. I mean, we've, we've had children effectively living on IV drips of heroin from the state for 70 years. It's like, let's take the heroin away. It's like there's gonna be a hell of a hangover. We got to do it. The the patient will be better for removing the cancer. It's like when you when you when you remove cancer, what do you replace that cancer with? Nothing. You take the cancer out. When you remove the state, who are you gonna replace the state with? Nothing. Like there's you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You, the, you replace the state with nothing. It's likely what happens is you're either gonna get more cancer, right? Because there's a reason why cancer started to begin with, right? And so in that, continue that analogy, you're either going to get more statism if you haven't replaced it with at least incentive. If you don't have an incentive structure to have something different, then yeah, you'll just start over with another. The host needs to become yeah. healthier. Yeah. It's like, they're right. There's always going to be cancer cells. There's always, always going to be people. Um, like There's always going to be neighbors among us that want to take what their neighbors have and redistribute it. Like the state, the statist mindset. That will never go away. There's those people will always be among us, um, but that what we need to do is develop a healthier immune system so that when those cancerous cells pop up, they don't get to be voted into office. They're just their neighbors. Like, oh yeah, that that person. Yeah, that's the bucket lady. Yeah, I mean, I think it's easier to replace a society with Bitcoin, and but then replace a human being, take cancer out, and somehow give them all the perfect, all the right biological organisms inside to beat, you know, to stop cancer from growing again, right? Like the reason why 
statism grows again is because there's not a powerful enough, there hadn't been a powerful enough tool to deliver the incentive yeah. that caused the revolution to begin with, right? So now that there is Bitcoin, think it is going to change. Like you, you, you don't replace, you're not, you know, you might, governments may replace these people with other people, but the fact is it's, Bitcoin is powerful enough, right? That it'll marginalize, it'll end up marginalizing the state, right? Yeah. So like, you, you, you know, boy, I don't know how we got here, but like uh, we started about panning for gold. <laughs> we got all the way here. It's kind of cool. But, um, you know, it's, it is like, you, you talk about cancer, right? Cancer is just like the arc of time, which is growth, right? It's growth and decay that falls out of balance and just goes into this growth mode somewhere over like a mistake, right? Over something corrupt. You know what I mean? Like, so something is being corrupted where the mistakes aren't being fixed and the arc of time is always moving. That's not changing, right? So like you can take, you, know, you get what I'm saying? Like the arc of time in the analogy is that governments want to fucking seize power and print money, yeah. right? And th they'll make their mistakes and then you get cancers. Like we get societal, we do get those cancers, right? Now you can remove the people, but you know, we are, you can't, you'd have to wipe out all the people to wipe out the will to print money, right? Or, I mean, this is, I guess, a variation of what uh, Hayek said, yeah, right? Sly roundabout way. I mean, it's the only, it, this is so powerful. You know, I guess maybe like if we're going to like start transition this conversation to my school and what they're doing, um, we've, maybe it's a, seems like a hard transition, but like, um, my daughter is in a class right now in the school. They have these main last, they have these three week blocks. And the one they're doing right now is called Revolutions. And they have to do a project. And she decided she wanted to do it on Bitcoin. And the teacher said no six times. But on the seventh time, like on the seventh day, she's like, fine. <laughs> right? Um, she came home to tell me this, right? My daughter came home to tell me, she's like, guess what? I'm doing, revolu I'm doing my Revolutions project on Bitcoin. They didn't want to do it but I, I'm doing it anyway. And I said, that's really good because what your teacher doesn't even know is that your school's buying Bitcoin now. Um, it's done. They bought, um, they got approval from the board to do 10K a month. Yeah, indefinitely. $10,000 worth of Bitcoin buys per month. Yep. No joke. And dude, I have to like shout out and acknowledge the dean of the school. Who, you know, you, you guys on the podcast may feel like you know already because I've talked so much about his and I's interactions, our battles. But like, you know, I do think in some way talking about this on the podcast ripped a little bit, ripped something open in the universe that helped the gravitational pull of, of this thing to happen. I've been talking to him about doing this for a year and I've had my ups and downs with him. Does he, but, uh, uh, he, he holds Bitcoin himself before, uh, obviously like he's not, he holds, to... yeah, he holds Bitcoin, a lot of shit coins, but he is a smart guy. Right. And I like when it comes to the institution, right. 
Like he is a no nonsense motherfucker, and he's not he's not going to put his reputation on the line. Now he views it as just a good, just stupid thing not to do, right? I think I am there to give the context of freedom, right? Like, and I'm a parent at school. What that's freedom is what's important to me. Creating some robotics lab because you made a bunch of money in Bitcoin is not that important to me, believe it or not, right? It's more of being free. The problem, if you're a Waldorf school, right? Problem is you're cupped by the state and you can't deliver, like really can't deliver on what a Waldorf school offers. So I'm interested in freedom. And I think Bitcoin is the only thing that can even give a chance of that freedom, right? And I talked to him about it and he's like, yeah, 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 I guess, right? But it's like, that's going to take a long time to get to that point. And I was like, dude, you have no idea. <laughs> like, first of all, if this happens in four years, even if my kids are gone, right? Like, it's still a network win. Con- like, when I say freedom, I'm like, the, that you can actually stand up to. So, one of the things that happened within our stolen focus conversation was his just telling me, like, the whole faculty, they're all woke left, okay? Like, there's not much, like, I have. I have to be able to meet people where they're at and I can't just like, you know, rail, you know, railroad them. Right. And, um, you know, that's what I think that when you have a, when you have a foundation in Bitcoin now, right. You can, you don't have to be so subservient to the state and you can stand up to your faculty and you can basically be like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you people. Like, and he's starting to think this. He's like, you know, fuck them. Bitcoiners are going to come teach at this school, you know, eventually. Like that's kind of what this is lining up perfectly with, like what we just talked about with the cancer. It's like, so how do you how do you remove the cancer of like that's in the soul of humans? Of like they're going to print money if you like it's the one ring. Nobody can control the one ring. Um, so like, how yeah. do, you cannot replace cancer from the top down. The only way to fix the cancer problem is bottom up by cell by cell, person by person like inoculating them against this this failure mode and like as like so right now what's what's going on with the school i mean it's impossible to hold bitcoin and not be affected by it like inevitably right. you're gonna get affected by holding bitcoin but like that first step of having some so like i'm so i imagine he was he's holding some some bitcoin he's holding some shitcoins, and like that opened his eyes enough to realize there's enough signal here that i need to take it to the board we, we need to go to the next step with that and especially with your conversations with you, you're making it immediately obvious that there's a whole other world out there. There's a whole other dimension that you could that is pulling your school towards it. Like you are living in this one dimension right now. There's this other dimension that is trying to absorb your school into it right now. And it's, it all comes down to your willingness to play ball. Yeah, and I think he's seen. So he is. He, I think he sees the vision from his own, but he sees it from his own standpoint. Like he's like, I'm going to send a beacon out there he really wants to publicize he thinks he's maybe the first certainly first walder school probably to do this maybe one of the first you know schools that have you know that have used their foundation for this yeah i mean he's to publicize it he wants to start attracting he's lighting a beacon for people like me yeah yeah he's absolutely lighting that beacon and and you know like i do so he's already saying that he can accept donations in bitcoin i i believe tuition is around the corner Mm-hmm. If that's the case. And so this kind of goes back to like, you know, there are teachers there that hate Bitcoin. And I told my daughter, you go tell them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> and 
so she's doing so it's really cool so she god i hate magnetism this, uh, so she's doing this project for revolutions on bitcoin she barely really understands bitcoin right barely really gets it but knows enough that she like decided to do that to do this and so um i'll be bringing she will be bringing the project to our phoenixville meetup oh well you guys won't hear this this will drop the day after but um it's been really cool working on it with Is she going to present it? Or what, what, is it yeah, like a... It's a five-minute... It's literally okay. a five-minute presentation. Gotcha. And so this is what we focused on, like, what's the problem we're trying to solve? So well, What uh, was and, the high-level... So it was on revolutions, but, like, what was the... Your your daughter wanted to do it on Bitcoin, but clearly the, the teacher didn't want that. Like, what was the teacher intending the class to do, the, like, to pick? Like, pipe, I, like what is revolutions? I think the average kid picks, like, the internet... Or like, like okay, gotcha. uh, energy, whatever, or wokeism, or some type of revolution. So it's like revolutions, like, like like rise up and take over. I was thinking revolutions, like cycles, like turning, kind of like a re- revolution. Okay. Yeah. No. So this is like you know, I'll just say Rudolf Steiner in his complete map of childhood development, basically at fourteen years old, after like their teeth are grown in and their their adult teeth are in they're ready to learn about revolutions. And mm. this is actually where they learn about Martin Luther. And um, before Bitcoin, my legacy on the school was basically that whole Martin Luther thing that I talked about 10 minutes ago. I scared the shit out of them into like teaching the way they do about Martin Luther without telling the whole story. And I don't like regret it, but like, it's again, dude, it's, it's so fucking funny that most of 90% of the people at the school know me as that guy and that they're afraid to talk about Martin Luther. Mm. Um, and, but really now I'm the guy that helped Brad get Bitcoin and we're just going to get rid of all the, all those, like you're either, you know, dude, we talked about this yesterday in our little just conversation off air, right? Like everyone's going to have to get Bitcoin to be their best self and to pursue greatness, Right. And people who are pursuing greatness want to pursue it with other people pursuing greatness. You're not going to yeah. pursue greatness with a bunch of fucking average people who are demand for averageness. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, as somebody who wants to do something, being surrounded by people that don't want to do anything is the death of inspiration. It's like, yeah, once you once you get out there, like once you have your Bitcoin and you, you feel that spark in yourself, like, all you want to do is surround yourself with other people who have the spark. So the school buying Bitcoin, even at, you're right, is a revolution. Yeah, it's a revolution on the school, and then maybe it's or even it could be a revolution in our town, and it could be a revolution on Waldorf schools, like broadly, because at some point, like the more the guy in charge, if he stays in charge, right, he's not gonna, he's, you know, he's going to not tolerate people who are not. He's not going to tolerate people who are demand for fucking averageness and ordinariness. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, being being willing to hire a woke teacher is like indicative of the quality of the hiring staff, the quality of your school. Like, like this was the best you could find. It's like we well, were living in hell. Like we were walking through he hell, just and this was all that was available. Now he can't. He inherited. He inherited the school. Basically, he he's new. He came two years ago, two or two two and a half years ago, and I don't think hired too many of the people that are there. What happened was, I mean, I've talked about this a little bit, guys. I don't want to get too deep into it, but we have an organization of super based people for a long time. Okay. This the Waldorf anthroposophic community is super based, right? It was one of the only schools in the area that didn't require any vaccines, 
Right. And it attracted people like that. It, you know, it, you know, we have regenerative ag- agriculture, drink fucking raw milk, like, you know, like kind of fucking outlaws because they demand to live a certain way. And during lockdown, like the real strong people all quit and said, fuck this. Mm. They didn't like where it was going. Yeah. And they, and so what was left was where the NPC, some of which are very good people. Yeah, and One that's of our them, military too right now. Like as we're scaling yeah. to World War III, like the people left and in the system. They're still, good, the, they're still good teachers. Some of them, look, a couple of them are instrumental. Uh, they're, they're good educators. However, right, just what my, what the dean is dealing with, he arrived in 2020. Mm. And he ended up, I don't even know if he knew any of the strong people. So he just views this employee base as a bunch of, bunch of wokies and he like is like he used to think he was kind of woke too and you know he was like shit dude no this is this is fucked <laughs> yeah and but but it's very it's really hard like it's really hard for him to um, it can't, you know it he, can't be easy to turn a ship like a, a ship of that size like i mean he's trying he's trying to turn the rudder as much as he can but i mean that ship is going to take years to, to but, turn him buying Bitcoin is a Trojan horse. Like it started out as just like the most obvious thing to do with the money. Like I'm in control of this money. Why is it doing something stupid? Right? Yeah. Why is not? Why is it not in Bitcoin? Right? And it's a Trojan horse for him being like, oh my god, wait, no, this could be the solution to like really my biggest existential problem, which is I have, I inherited like literally a faculty that's incapable of delivering the mission of the school. Yeah, inevitably, one of those faculty is going to have to teach Bitcoin to the kids, and I mean that that person is so, not going to get along with the rest of the people. I would expect. I, I I mean, when I when he told me that when he told me about the whole thing, I said, "Oh, so when when main when main lesson main main lessons are like the school's thing is like main, you have a three week main lesson, mm. and you know it's like revolutions is an example, right? Um, he's like, dude, I'm already getting ready to teach it myself. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so how fucking cool is that, dude? I got to really shout out to this guy and get, let you guys. Yeah, you guys all know I respect how much I do respect him, even though I spent two like consecutive episodes on my on a fight I had with him. When you <laughs> were right. when you were younger, did you ever have teachers that were like the like the World War Two vets or the or the Vietnam vets who didn't like the the um, military to teacher transition pipeline? No, no. Absolutely not. I, I had a couple of them growing up, and it's like at some point the state did away with that. It's like after World War, after a lot of wars historically, like veterans would come home, and the education, like the education that like schools in the area would hire them. Like, like oh, if you're a veteran, like if you're like you can come work for us, like teach history, whatever. And like with a very easy pipeline compared to like onboarding other teachers, um, what like this was, and I think we need to have something like that come back. I remember Maybe you're right. specifically I one really, really old crotchety teacher we had who was – he was a Vietnam vet and he hated everything about the modern education system and he was not shy about talking about it. But he was also like the – like he was the guy they brought in with like for like a, just to babysit kids and like in a, in a study hall session. Like I think – I mean we're, we're – we have an overabundance of military veterans in this country right now and I think – Boy, would it make a big difference on the next generation if we could get more of their ideas and thoughts in front of the kids. Yeah, that'd be cool. That it's 
but it's the bureaucracy. Like you mentioned, the, you mentioned the next generation. It's like we have to mention it in every episode, and I like that. Uh, <laughs> okay, you got to get a tie true. in. We, we talked about next gen on the uh, high hash rate. But I had I had forgotten about. You're right. I gave that whole yeah. thing about Darmok. <sighs> yeah, Darmok and the oh yeah, yeah. So I agree, dude. When I I, I grew up in uh, like northern Jersey, central and northern Jersey, right. It's like, you know, properly part of the Northeast. And I don't think you had a lot of, like the Vietnam vets, we had them. We had them in our neighborhoods. They didn't work, you know. They were like, but they were like the ones that, they had some like air about them. And they were the ones that bought kids cigarettes and, Mm -hmm. you know, shit like that. Yeah, right. right. It's like, those are lessons that kids need. Like, those lessons should be in the classroom, not, (laughs) not in the corner outside the classroom. They were weird. They were strange, wise people. Like people didn't really respect them, but they'd be like, "Well, that that you know." We had a guy. His name was Flakes, and um, I don't know why that was his name, but he he was like in his like sixties, complete like you know stoned all the time. Because maybe that's why they called him Flakes. But he had like we're like he was one of these guys. We're like everybody's like, "Well, this thing might not be safe to do," but Flakes thinks that. Uh, you know, Flex has an opinion on that. And um, so like the Vietnam vets were guys that like had, they were pointed out, like they have, they would, we would refer to them. Whereas most everyone else was just some, was an anon, right? Yeah. Like, like Jeremy's dad. Like who cares about him? Who cares what, <laughs> who cares what someone's dad has to say about anything? Right. But we somehow, we really did. Like these guys had some status. Now, now our but, kids are going to have like, oh, that, that kid, that his dad's a Bitcoiner. It's like, oh, that's that crazy Bitcoiner guy. Hey, you know what's awesome? Dude, we covered like a lot of shit. I puked. I went through like, I don't know if you saw how much fucking pain I was in for a majority of this episode. Yeah, a little bit there. We we did not talk about the ETF once. Oh, right. Not even a fucking reference. How fucking great is that? Well, well, now now we have. But yeah. I only, dude, it's just a friend of mine, my my trader. (laughs) My trader who I work with just sent me a text. Like that, that's, I, I forgot about the ETF. How beautiful is that? <laughs> I mean, it's like, all right, we've been to uh, Bitcoin Twitter has been talking <laughs> about the ETF for fucking months. Yeah, all right, now it's finally it's behind us. Maybe I think it's behind us. I, it's you know what's you know what, dude. I don't know, man. I think we. <sighs> Here's what I want to say. I do think it's a significant event because. Oh yeah. You know, like it. It's just it does. It does open the door to. Um, it, it it in like in in linear algebra, it would be called like an orthogonal, like an orthogonal event where like it creates it creates another dimension of new mm. information. It, you know, it's not a linear combination of all the things that happened before, and you can just ignore it. It's a new. It's a legitimately brand new axis. It's a brand new thing. Now, it's not a thing that we ever care about. I guess the best way I could say it is a bunch of people we don't care about are buying derivatives of something we do care about. And they are going to try to debase us to overcome their mistakes. And it's going to be, and we're not going to allow it. And it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. I think the ETF, I mean, the ETF is a big checkbox. It's like, this is a big thing that had to happen. It was inevitable. It was going to happen eventually. Um, but like, I, I wonder, like, moving forward, like, how is this going to be remembered? I, like, I think this is just going to be remembered as 
in my mind, this is we are officially out of the early days now. Like we're now out of the early adoption. We're now in the general adoption phase. And like before, I would say like you, you know how early it is. The fact that you can trade fiat money for Bitcoin that tells you how early it is. Um, but in, like it's we're still early because there's you can still do that. At some point, nobody in their right mind is going to take your dollars and give you sats for it. But like well, that's down the road. I, still. Be- I believe we've already so the ETF launched Thursday. It's now Saturday morning, and it's a fact that BlackRock has not covered almost all of the Bitcoin purchases that came in that they're quote-unquote required to cover. Okay, which which would right. indicate that they, they had been purchasing before in a, in a lead-up to this. Well, no, because they're, like, their shit is still sitting in cash. It's not like they are... Their billion, dollar, their billion dollars of inflows, like half of it's sitting in cash. Oh. So in other, it's not like it's... They only seeded the fund with like 10 million... Van Eck seeded their fund with like nine times what BlackRock did, right? But my point was, it's already we may have already hit that point where there's at least somebody in the world that can't buy Bitcoin with dollars, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least because they're mandated they're mandated to do so, and they're having they're like they're already figuring out on day one. If you're a Vanguard, if you're shopping at Vanguard, yeah, right. Vanguard won't even let, let, like, this is a a SEC approved product, but we're not going to sell it to you. Vanguard, yeah. So there is a lot I can, I feel like I did want to, like, say. I mean, Vanguard is in my hometown, right? I used to have an account with them when I was at Deloitte. They, you know, I mean, Vanguard started this revolution of, you know, index funds. the investment world doesn't really know jack shit. It's all insider information. And the second this thing called Regulation FD happened in the 90s, and you weren't allowed to trade on insider information, and you weren't allowed to prioritize clients over the other and all this stuff, active management was like dead. Mm. And Vanguard came along and provided an ETF-like structure for people to um, effectuate that view. And they did it to the tune of, you know, seven to ten trillion dollars blackrock jumped on it and you know it's been the dominant view now this is what you know you know the dollar milkshake theory Mm -hmm. where like the dollar eats up all these other currencies and then bitcoin eats the dollar well this is this like the equity milkshake theory where passive money eats up all of the fucking horseshit non-active strategies which is what vanguard and blackrock have done and now now bitcoin's going to eat is going to eat all them except BlackRock maybe was smart enough to realize that if they if they go with Bitcoin then you know they might last longer than Vanguard. <laughs> right? Vanguard's going to get absolutely wrecked. It, they are it, it reminded me of PayPal. I don't remember how long ago the PayPal Twitter PayPal got just destroyed by Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. For putting language in about being able to fine you for 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 language, yeah. For language violating their terms, and then by the end of the weekend, they had taken the language out. Right, Vanguard is again. You know, Vanguard became Vanguard not by literally. It's not like they came up with. There's no reason why they earned seven trillion dollars. Right, they only did it by basically saying, "Look, everyone else is an idiot, and we can just give you the the pat. We can give you the non-thinking solution." Yeah, it's okay? be first, be better, or cheat. They were better. Now, where they're running, you no, know, they learn nothing in 30 years of doing this because 
Bitcoin has come along and they basically think that it's better to um, it's better to kowtow to the state, right? That's they're clearly making a statement like we we are fiat maxis and the rules in fiat is you you do what the government says, right? Mm-hmm. And you go for their favors. Right? You curry favor with politicians. And that's where your capital comes from. Right. And that's their game. That's you been know, the game. Say say what you want about BlackRock, but they're doing both. BlackRock sees Bitcoin. BlackRock is that but back BlackRock also <laughs> seems to see Bitcoin as another world that is not that they, they can't ignore, and I don't know, right? There's something there where that but Vanguard had to on day one just show us how kind of the contrasting these two giants are going to play this game. There's, I mean, and there's a lot of people out there that still, I mean, they don't own Bitcoin, they don't, they don't like. They're not familiar with Bitcoin. Like they, they, I'm sure they've heard of it. The, the number of people out there who haven't heard of it are like there, there can't be many left. But like whenever I got in, like there's a certain amount of bit people that see Bitcoin and like, oh, Bitcoin is used by criminals, so I shouldn't use it. Um, I, I heard that argument and that I had the opposite reaction. I was like, oh, Bitcoin's used by criminals. There must be a reason that criminals are going to are willing to use this. I need to figure out what that is. Um, the same thing with BlackRock, like BlackRock and all this ETF stuff, people getting into it. There's going to be some amount of people that see that and be like, oh, those are the most evil companies on the planet. They're, they're involving themselves with Bitcoin. I want nothing to do with it. And then there's, there's going to be other people out there that, I mean, like, like you, like you see, I mean, BlackRock didn't get where they are by not being good at what they do. Um, and so there's a certain amount of people out there that are going to see, oh, all of these ETFs are launching. I need to re-examine Bitcoin. Like these these companies would not be putting all of this money into this unless there was signal there. And it's just so like all of it comes down to how the individual views the world. And like so there's people out there that I mean they're not gonna see Bitcoin until their credit card stops working, essentially. It's so funny, like even being told they're not allowed to buy this isn't gonna wake these people up. Right. But they're like, oh well, me, I um, guess that's best. That's in my best interest. The big brother has it has it, is looking out for me and I can't buy this. I do think that this week, not even this week, like the, the days leading in have demonstrated something, it validated something for me that the the risk, <laughs> you know, you, it's so funny, right? Every time I hear you say like BlackRock didn't get where it was by not being good at what they do. I mean, it's true in a certain way, right? But I, like, I feel like I want people to see like from a certain standpoint, the risk, like they're good at what they do, but like, like getting involved like partnering with Coinbase is not being good at what you do. Okay. Right. It's the fact that you have, it's that you like, and this is just like what organizations, what companies do is from the top, they see a vision. Okay. And then everyone really gets in line, does whatever they have to do to achieve that vision. Even though the fact is it's too early. The truth of the matter is it's too early for BlackRock to achieve their vision in Bitcoin right now, okay? The truth is that way because the only companies that exist that can take them there is Coinbase. <laughs> and so mm. in any other world of TradFi, BlackRock wouldn't even look at Coinbase long enough to spit on them, okay? That is them being good at what they do, mm-hmm. right? And it's true. Like I, I mean, I just know this, okay? BlackRock wouldn't even risk having being able to smell coinbase's farts they wouldn't risk having their having their head in the same direction as unless they had to right 
Yeah. So we're so early, they have to go with Coinbase. But like, if you just look at how, like, it's this did not go without a hitch, guys, right? I mean, to say it didn't go without a hitch is like the understatement of the year, right? This went with hitch after hitch after hitch after hitch. And, you know, we are like the SEC couldn't even successfully make the announcement without being totally fucking embarrassed multiple times, right? It was almost, you know, like there's some force in the world letting people know, like, dude, don't ever think you fucking know Bitcoin. Don't ever think you know it, okay? You do not know it, right? And that, to me, like, that's the theme that, like, BlackRock is going to have to have their hand on that stove for a long fucking time before something really bad happens, right? Like, a lo- it's it's crazy how much risk they're taking, with A, with Coinbase, B, just the idea that they agreed to buy coins at the end of the day is something they would never have done in any other business. I mean, th- that shows if that somebody knew- in a power position understands the problem they're presented with. It's like anybody that understands the problem that Bitcoin solves is is going to rapidly run in one direction. So the fact that they're moving in that direction, somebody understands the problem. It's just, I mean, you, you can't publicly talk about that problem because we need the sheep to buy our products so but but like they already on day one have had an inability to actually fulfill the the mandate they're legally obliged to fulfill which is to buy the coins either by the end of the day or i don't know if it's by the end of the next day but we are at the end of the next day and guess what the market doesn't open again until tuesday so we're going to be five days where bitcoin has been open the whole time before, you know, and we we know they're not buying it now because Bitcoin has gone from fucking 49K to 42K. And it's, you know, so we're all sitting around waiting for BlackRock to buy its slug, right? We, there are these rumors that they're trying to buy them from OGs and not on like actually fucking exchanges, Nobody's right? contacted me. The, uh, what's the next thing? Like, okay, so the ETF, like uh, the next thing that I'm that I'm waiting for, like really the next thing that I've been waiting for is the next nation state to adopt. The, the next El Salvador is like has been like, I'm I'm very uncomfortable, not uncomfortable, but like it, it concerns me that no other nations have followed El Salvador yet. That El Salvador has been the only but that's one not out true. there for so for so long. That's I don't think that's true though. I think that Panama, I thought. Definitely followed El Salvador, but what they did was even. I thought what they did was better, because they didn't make it a legal requirement. All they said was that they that Bitcoin is recognized. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to prosecute people for using it. No, but they're not going to. Also, they're not going to force people to use it. Like it's it's weird in El Salvador, right? How people are not being forced to use it. I know they're not. I know they're not forced, but it is the law, right? That it's making it a legal tender. I mean. Stamps right. are illegal tender in America. Like, who's going to accept stamps? Understand, I'm yeah. saying that there are more free way. There are more free versions of nation state adoption, and I think they've happened in Panama. It's, it looks like it's happening in Argentina, to an extent. Well, I mean, well, but but by that metric, like that same adoption is happening here in, in the states. It's it's happening independently of the state. It's a, it's a people on the. It's a ground. It's a grassroots phenomenon worldwide. No, so, but, but you're going to be able to like pay t- like if you can pay taxes like in Panama, I think you can pay taxes using Bitcoin. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't I hadn't heard that. Like, thank you, government. But like, still, I mean, I know that's a stupid way to look at that's it. That's a dangerous like, list to get yourself on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Though? Like, I, it's there. Should, I mean, fuck. There should be no taxes. 
But regardless, the fact that the government would accept Bitcoin, even though they're not requiring anyone to use it, the fact that they would accept it for, you know, like, again, I was in Hawaii and I couldn't use actual dollars to get into the national park. Right. So that there are certain restrictions. What what do you think the next the next ETF moment is for Bitcoin then? It's the It's I mean. It's the ha- and you know what honestly the most imp- the, the I mean, ETF was significant for structurally, but the most significant thing that's going to happen to Bitcoin this year is rates going down. I mean that, that's fair. I don't think of it. I think of that. That's an internal Bitcoin thing. I'm I'm talking about like where Bitcoin interacts with the world. Where's the next part where the world's going to bend over for Bitcoin? Is the, is I guess what I'm what I'm thinking of. Like the oh. ETF's exciting, but I mean like Dan pointed this out on Twitter. It's like like. Very few people out in the real world even know what an ETF is. Like it's like this is so inside like insider baseball that we're playing right now. Like Bitcoiners know what an ETF is because we've been waiting for it. And like people that are in the legacy, like that have jobs in the legacy mon- like monetary system, like they know what an ETF is. But like the regular mom and pop folks, like like they most people couldn't even tell you what it stands for. Actually, yeah, I, I, I think so. I think that I just I don't think there's anything. Maybe I, I you know maybe I'll come back and correct this but i don't like think there's anything like that happening i think what's ha- i think what i think the world is going to have to catch up to what's already what we already have so there's going to be this etf is a forcing function whether people understand it or not it's going to be a forcing function on the price upwards there's no like way around that so having is going to be a forcing function on the price upwards and then rates dropping is going to really be the capital inflow that causes that Mm. and maybe it's just the price going to like potentially four or five hundred k in 2025 that fucking forces the world to capitulate to you know capitulate to it i don't know right i see and maybe it's like the next bull market will create something that will invent um you know it's so early like we just don't we don't even have we just don't have structures. Yeah, I'm trying like, to think, think of like fediments are exciting. Things fediments that are coming. Are cool. It's like right now we have the ability to right. stream sets for audio. Like, is is there going to be a, a standard for streaming sets for video? Like, is there is like that, that kind of stuff? Like, we have Fountain and that that kind of. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, just trying to think of like where future places that are big areas of the economy that Bitcoin has yet to infiltrate. Look, well, you know, look, most people don't know what Lightning is, uh, but. People do know if they're using strike to send remittances back to their country, mm. they know they can do that. So I don't know if they have, like, I'll, uh, you know, I'll debate Dan, I guess, dispute Dan a little bit on this, that I don't think it matters if people know the structure. So um, if I convince my company to put, to give people, to give its employees the option to um, elect Bitcoin and say deferred comp. Or like, which is like an unfunded 401k, right? And then use the ETF as a hedge so that if Bitcoin goes up a lot, we pay, get paid and we can pay off, you know, pay off that guarantee. Then what we're going to have is a company full of people getting paid in Bitcoin, getting paid through Bitcoin exposure, not knowing it was the ETF that allowed that, right? And um, you know what I mean? So I, I just like I think these are the I like the ETF alone. I don't know if people realize it's going to create products that are going to give people exposure to Bitcoin 
that. Um, of course, they also don't realize that's going to create ruggings and it's going to create all these other things, but it's going to do that. And I think that's it is still probably the most widespread thing that is going to affect people in the next couple of years. Yeah, I, um, I feel like this is probably like the ETF launch is probably something like Segwit. Like it took a while for the Lightning Network to be rolled. Like you have to like have the establishing moment of something before what all comes downstream of it can come. And yeah, yeah we're, and we're just at this alpha unintended, moment. And it'll have unintended consequences for sure. But like Bitcoin has to has to go through this level now. We have to go through this level of... Here's how I would think about it, right? Um, I think a lot of us think that Bitcoin has the integrity to deliver on its intent, like to deliver what it promises probably to everyone in the world really who wants to rely on it, right? Um, thus far, Bitcoin has only made that promise to a few hundred million people, right? Mm -hmm. it, it seems like it or not that it's about to make that promise to like 2 billion more people over the next, say, 10, 20 years, right? We have now the next 10, 20 year people is going to be an expansion of that promise. Um, I'd say, to, you know, maybe to maybe a couple of billion through the ETF and maybe another couple of billion through Lightning, Fetty, things like that, right? Where people in the other parts of the world who aren't, you know, aren't, don't have institutional money, right? Are going to take the, you know, still going to accept the promise of Bitcoin, right? Like mm. we started seeing this in El Salvador. We see it in Africa. We see it. We're going to see that more too, right? So I think you have just Bitcoin making its promise to more people. And, you know, it takes a while and it's a lot of pain involved there, but eventually we have to let, like, we have to let it go through that in order to, you know, by the time it's done fulfilling its promise to those next two to four billion people, we might have 15 billion people on the planet by that time. Like the planet will recognize Bitcoin is delivering its promise to all these people. It's time to start, you know, time to start making more people, right? So could... You know, that's a that's a highfalutin idea there, but like... I hope that's the case. I hope Bitcoin allows us to increase the population size. So like, I'm like, pessimistically, I'm, I'm worried that we have hit like some kind of local local maximum and that we're probably going to have a massive decrease for a bit before, before an increase again. But yeah, well... It's possible, just like Bitcoin's price, right? Like we all know where it's going and yeah. yet... <laughs> Yet, yeah, we had a nice little nosedive. And it's look, like, there's a lot. We have to get rid of the people who are shorting humanity, right? So, and how do we do, you know, so we have to have these increases. And then we got to get rid of the people who are, you know, who are over leveraged, right? We've got to do that every once in a while, too. Every once so, in a while, yeah. We, we need that forest fire to clear out all the brush at the bottom of the forest. I'd rather have, so maybe what we have is maybe Bitcoin has vol so that all of these other systems don't right bitcoin is where the is where volatility absorbs like the volatility of the, the systems we care about and it's not like the we care about these systems it's not like we don't want them to have any volatility and be perfectly predictable but they don't have to be the so volatile that they're shaking people out of them 
as they right. evolve the well, way like, yeah. Bitcoin does. It's like the, it's. I mean, it comes back to the Bitcoin. The foundation. Bitcoin is a better foundation. It's like if you build your build your house on a foundation of fiat sand. When that shaking happens, the house falls down. But Bitcoin is just a better foundation. You can build. It's, it's the promise that it makes to all of us. It's like you can build a life on it, or you can do some homework based on it. It's and it's it's going to be out there. It's going to put out what you need. One of the yeah. One of these institutions is going to adopt like the Bitcoin ETF in a way that they're going to want it to, they're going to want to cooperate with Bitcoin, I think. I think there's at least one of these guys that's going to want to actually really be cooperative. And I think that you're going to see the contrast between them and the others the same way you see this contrast with Vanguard. Who I was going to say, do you think it's going to be Vanguard? Fucking oppose it. <laughs> right. It's not going to be Vanguard. Well, I guess... Well, you know, look, if anyone's listening to this, guys, and you guys know what the Bitcoin John is in Philly, we're having a um, we're having an event pretty much on Vanguard's campus, and we're looking there uh, we're looking for sponsors right now. But we're going to have an event, a Bitcoin John event. We're going to invite a lot of Vanguard employees and a lot of Bitcoin John members, and we're going to talk shit out. Man, poor Vanguard. They're they don't even realize the kind of like hornet's nest they've kicked. Yeah, but we have so like we have the Bitcoin John. You know, we have the Phoenixville Bitcoin meetup also right up the street. I mean, we have we have a school right in the foothills where a lot of Vanguard employees send their kids to. Okay, that's buying Bitcoin. Okay, we this is these are not isolated events. Okay, this is what I'm here to tell you guys. This is these are not isolated events, and Vanguard is sitting in a place where it has access to Bitcoiners right there, and. You know, look, something's going to come out of it. I promise you guys, something is going to come out of, you know, there, you know, maybe Vanguard is sending a beacon out to Bitcoiners to be like, please save me. Maybe it was a pleb that was just like, please, please, somebody, if you're hearing this and you're like, you know, you can help us. Uh, so then maybe that's how I'm hearing it. Um, I'll, you know, keep you guys posted. If I go to this event and we, we talk to Vanguard people, I know a lot of people that work there, you know, they're mostly dipshits i'm sorry well hopefully like, you have a massive success with with the the buys the 10k per month buy at your school like i i have zero i'm not expecting you to ever outdo that but who knows fuck that shit dude it's what what is it these are rookie numbers you know these are rookie numbers we, we, this is just like again i i don't know man i've been getting carried away here but like i do feel like we are building something on this podcast where we speak this stuff into existence so i'm like using the last couple of minutes here to speak into existence that something's going to happen at vanguard which is down the street from us in the revolutionary town of valley forge guys valley forge pa this is all coming to a head right as we go into a bull market. Imagine me and you, I do. I think about you day and night. It's only right to think about the girl you love and hold her tight. So happy together. If I should call you up, invest a dime. So you belong to me Lose my mind Imagine how the world could be So very fine So happy together
how they toss the dice It had to be The only one for me is you And you for me So happy together It had to be The only one for me is you And you for me So happy together to be the only one for me is you and you for me so happy together so happy together 